Well, Alabama or Purdue was the big question last week, but this week it is quite clear the Purdue Boilermakers are the number one team in the country. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, a five times per week national college hoop show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your co-hosts. I'm Andy Patton. He's Isaac Shade. And today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Well, Isaac, last week, the big conversation on our show on basically any show talking about college basketball was between the Purdue Boilermakers, the Alabama Crimson Tide, two teams who have been absolutely rolling all year long. We were leaning towards Alabama, but last week, the two teams made it a little bit clearer for us. Purdue absolutely stomped on Michigan State on Sunday. Really big win for them in the Big Ten. Meanwhile, Alabama, they fell to Oklahoma in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We're going to talk much more about the results from that challenge later in the show. But to me, this makes it pretty clear. The Purdue Moilermakers, 21-1 and on the year, last loss at Rutgers, they're the best team in the country. They are. There is no excuse for anyone to have any other team at the top of their poll this week, Andy. Uh, I, I just do not see I, – I, I spend all day – I just sit here with Ken Palm up and other stuff. <laughs> I look at resumes all day long. Mm-hmm. There is no longer any resume mm-hmm. right now as of, you know, Monday, January 30th that is comparable mm-hmm. to what Purdue has. Zach Eady, front runner all season for player mm-hmm. of the year. And then he goes out and sets a career high in points against Michigan State. 38 points, 13 rebounds on an efficient 15 to 24 from the field. Like, the insane stuff. Fifth 30-point game this season. Honestly, he's not shooting enough. If, mm-hmm. if, he's, if Zach Eady's doing this and no one's stopping him, then, then Purdue has to find a way. Like, Foster Lawyer, get him the ball more often. Mm-hmm. Purdue is off and rolling. Honestly, I don't like if we're talking Big Ten, let's mm-hmm. shrink it down from the national level. There, there's no Big Ten team that's mm-hmm. it's like if we ask the question who challenges Purdue, they don't. No yeah. one in the Big Ten is there right now. Purdue 21 and one on the year. That only mm-hmm. loss was to Rutgers. And and for people that aren't all dialed in on football, they're like Rutgers or on mm-hmm. basketball. It's like Rutgers, what? No, mm-hmm. Rutgers is super legit. Eight straight wins for Purdue, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, this mm-hmm. Michigan State, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. But Andy, they got a big test coming up next Saturday, and I think that's going to tell us a lot because Purdue is headed to their inter- in-state rival to mm-hmm. Assembly Hall to take on Indiana, who's coming back alive. Jalen Huchifino had a massive game this weekend. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think that game will tell us about Purdue? Well, I think right now, when you look at the Power Six conferences, the Power Five, and of course the Big East, like there are not any teams that are dominating those conferences really at all. Purdue is the only team that is dominating their conference. You can maybe try to make an argument that oh, that's because the Big Ten isn't as good at what you know whatever you you want to say there, but. The Big Ten is a good Power Five conference. They're not. They're, they're they have solid teams back top to bottom, and Purdue is just crushing them. There's nobody doing that in the ACC. 
There's nobody doing that in the Big 12. There's nobody doing that in the SEC, especially not after Alabama's loss. I know it wasn't a conference loss, but it was a loss to a good but not great team in Oklahoma. And so for Purdue, Indiana is one of the big challenges they have left. It's one of the biggest – Indiana on the road is a tough, tough game. It's one of the toughest Big Ten games that anybody's going to play all year long. If they go out and win that game, whether it's by 1, 5, 10, 20, 20, whatever it is, if they go out and win that game, they've kind of proven that there is not any team in the Big Ten that can reliably beat them. And there aren't other teams in all of college basketball who are doing that in their conferences outside of smaller mid-major conferences. It's not happened at the Power Six. It's not happening in the Mountain West. It's not happening in the WCC. Like It's not happening really anywhere in college basketball. That's a tremendous testament to what Matt Painter and Zach Eady and Foster Lawyer and Brandon Smith and that team has done uh, for the Boilermakers. It's incredible. Andy, let's move to the Alabama side of this because I think one of the things that's going to happen when we see the new AP poll roll out today on Monday, a lot of AP voters are going to use this to say, oh man, Alabama, mm-hmm. got to drop them down three, four, five spots. Mm-hmm. We, we needn't not be so concerned with that, but mm-hmm. let me put it to you this way. How much does Alabama's loss, and it's a massive loss, 93-69, the point spread's huge. Mm-hmm. What does this loss do to impact your opinion of the Crimson Tide? You know, it's interesting because I think – it says a lot about the Big 12, quite honestly. Oklahoma is not one of the best teams in the Big 12. They're not a team that gets talked about in the top five, the top half of the Big 12 at all, like at, at all. Like when we talk about the Big 12 on the show and other people talk about the Big 12, you're talking about Kansas, you're talking about Kansas State, you're talking about Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, like Arkansas. You're not talking about Oklahoma. And they go out and absolutely decimate Alabama. Now, Brandon Miller really struggled in this game, 4 of 14 shooting, 11 points, I think. The Crimson Tide need to find out who's going to be the person who consistently steps up when he doesn't have a good game because if you're putting all your hopes and dreams on a true freshman, they're going to have bad nights. It's going to happen. And if Mark Sears isn't stepping up, if Jalen Bradley's not stepping up, if Noah Clowney's not stepping up, they're going to have some issues. Having said all of that, I'm not dramatically dropping Alabama. I'm not. There's so many teams out there that have had stinkers. Almost every team has had a stinker. Purdue's one of the only teams that hasn't had a stinker. And you could argue they kind of did against Rutgers. Like the teams are, everybody just has a, has an off night. And for Alabama, like this was a pretty ugly one. And in a kind of high profile situation in the SEC Big 12 challenge, especially after they kind of got all this momentum in the last few weeks, it doesn't look good, but it's not the kind of loss that's changing my opinion of them very much. I'm moving them down very, very few spots in my top five rankings. Looks like you're not moving them down even farther than I am. So uh, definitely not a, not the kind of result that's that I'm overreacting to. Yes, because... It, it same thing I said about Purdue. It's all about resumes. It's not about reacting in the moment to what happened right now. That that's mm-hmm. not what we're especially this point in the season. We're looking at the totality, like not just who have you beaten, who have you lost to, who have you not lost to, all of that stuff. And when I compare, even with this loss to Oklahoma, however embarrassing it may look, when I compare what Alabama's resume looks like as compared to other people's and how they've performed. Alabama's still right there for me. With that said, Andy, let me give you my top five, and then I want to hear yours. As we've already said, Purdue, unequivocal, number one. Let's not even talk about that. I'm only moving Alabama down to number two. And if that if that seems unrealistic to you, that's what I did with – and I don't mean that to you, Andy. I mean that to you listening or watching this. That's the same thing we did with Houston. When Houston dropped down, I didn't drop them below number two. 
mm-hmm. just a little bit there. And then they've, they've gotten bumped down a little more. And so they're at number three for me, but I'm only moving Alabama to number two. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. If, if there's more uh, drop off. Sure. Mm-hmm. At that point, I will drop them, but somebody's got to come in and beat them more before I change my opinion of what's been happening the last month. And then at four, I've got Tennessee. Uh, the thing with me for Tennessee, and we'll talk about this more, but it's got to be the offense has to be consistent. It was mm-hmm. phenomenal on Saturday to match that defense. And then I want to keep giving some love to Kansas State. So the Wildcats are going to round out my top five. Next in line for me is this grouping. I don't have it ordered in any specific order, but Kansas. Texas, Virginia, Arizona, and UCLA, both those Pac-12 schools together. Andy, what about you? Well, we have the same 10. We have the same five next in line, the same five or uh, the same 10 total. We only have one difference in our top five. Uh, Obviously, like we said, Purdue number one, no issue, no debate, no conversation really needed there. Uh, For me, I flipped two and three. I, I have Houston number two. I do have them over Alabama. I think those two teams are very, very close. Uh, obviously, we saw Bama with that big loss. We saw Houston struggle uh, and lose to Temple as well. But I think that those two teams are still very, very comparable. And I think that Alabama could very easily move back up over Houston if they pick up some big wins. But I think they're they're kind of right in that conversation. Just like you, I also have Tennessee at number four. It was encouraging to see that offense step up in a major way against Texas. If that continues, I think this team will, <laughs> will stay in the top five for a very long time, quite honestly. Uh, and then for me at number five, I have the Bruins of UCLA still hanging on to a top five spot. Uh, they lost to Arizona, but Arizona's a really good team. Not exactly a loss that concerns me all that much. The USC loss, eh, more concerning. I'll admit more concerning there, but I think USC is also a very good team and kind of an underrated team and and quite honestly, a dangerous team as we get closer and closer to March. But uh, for me, the the next in line teams, same ones that you had, Kansas, Texas, Arizona, Virginia, and then Kansas State still getting some love for Jerome Tang and what they're doing uh, at the Wildcats. Going to be another big week ahead of us in the Big 12, Andy, uh, including Texas and Baylor on Big Monday tonight. Going to be awesome stuff there. Speaking of that Big 12, the highlight of Saturday was 10 games in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, the final one before we move on to new stuff next season. We want to unpack that in a big way. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're super excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because it is the number one sportsbook in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to Andy. back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Like, I want my first bet to lose if that's what I'm getting back. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who'll score a touchdown. All sorts of stuff, man. Parlays, you put it together, whatever you want to see. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid instantly and this is the site i go to already even before it was our partner for my daily fantasy football action so join fanduel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on super bowl 57 that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel the official sportsbook partner of the nfl andy this big 12 sec challenge sec big 12 challenge 10 teams. I know we got four of the the SEC teams left out, but if we learned anything, we learned 
this. It's hard to win on the road. Home teams were eight and two and that the big 12 is as good as we thought they would be with a couple of losses, but they win the challenge seven to three. And I know a lot of it's about matchups, but Mm -hmm. here's the biggest takeaway from me in this Saturday slate of a decathlon. Let's call it that. I'm getting Olympics happy already. (laughs) And it's not even close. (laughs) This decathlon of games, 10 games for us tells me this. There are so many teams this season that have a legitimate shot at thinking they could be national champions when all is said and done the first weekend of April. We saw it up and down the line all day on Saturday, and, and, and not just in this challenge, but this challenge is what we're talking about. Obviously, as we've said, Bama is the most surprising of all of that. But Andy, when you look at this, are you with me on that, or am I stupid? Is, no. is, this, is this year just uh, so many teams can legitimately feel, hey, we could be the last one standing? It reminds me a lot of that 2012-2013 season, which you know, was the first year Gonzaga was ever ranked number one. And part of the reason that they kind of got there was because it seemed like a lot of teams who got up to number one seemed to not want to stay there for very long. And we're seeing that a little bit this year with Alabama kind of falling off. Houston got up there and then they lost the UConn. game. Obviously. Yeah, UConn was up they, there for they a long time. One, but yeah. I mean, going all the way back to the start of the season, North Carolina, Gonzaga, one and two, they, they are not in that conversation at all anymore. And so you've kind of just seen this constant rotating guard of, of teams near the top of the rankings. I, I think if you told people before the weekend, hey, the Big 12 is going to go 7-3 and three in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, I think a lot of people would have believed that. Yeah. If you said also Alabama's going to lose, TCU's going to lose, and Iowa State's going to lose, I think a lot less people would have believed that. But that's what we saw. Oklahoma, of course, boat racing Alabama. Mississippi State over TCU, that was a pretty shocking one. Uh, and then Mizzou bouncing Iowa State. I mean, we're just talking about – games that were unexpected results you know that the sec big 12 challenge is always going to kind of bring out the best of even those kind of mid-level teams in those conferences but what this has really proven is that no teams are really impervious to having off nights to having struggles and because there are so many good but not great teams in college basketball it kind of creates the situation where the top 25 seems like it's going to be a revolving door all year long yeah we look we look at the the top of the big 12 right now iowa state Kansas State and Texas all tied atop the Big 12. Only Kansas State won, and the Big 12 was 7-3. and three. I mean, <laughs> like, wow. That's incredible. Now, the, I think the, the highlight game that everyone was looking for, even though it's a down year for Kentucky, is Kansas at Kentucky. But, like, Jayhawks come in having lost three in a row, and we're, we're like, hey, is this the first time ever – under Bill Self, that Kansas could have a four-game losing streak. This is year 20. He's been there two decades, and they've never lost four in a row. But this could have been it. Kansas comes in and looks like – the way it started, honestly, Andy, I'm sitting there watching. I know you were live and in person at another game. Uh, but I, the way Kentucky started out, I was like, man, is Kansas going to get run off, of Rupp, run mm-hmm. off the court there at Rupp? And they didn't. They responded, and they were the aggressors, honestly – But Kentucky made a – here's what the most impressive thing about Kansas was for me. Kentucky made a big push in the second half, but never never did Kansas allow them to get back ahead. And I was super impressed by Kevin McCuller, who tweaked his ankle, was gimpy all night, and still Mm -hmm. had a double-double, knocked down a big three. Great stuff there. Going back to uh, TCU, one of the the big – concerns was Mike Miles left that game injured per his Twitter. He said, Hey, no worries. It's just a hyperextension had an MRI on Sunday. It came back structurally clean. Uh, 
timeline is TBD, but good news for the Horned Frogs and, you know, just for college basketball. We don't want to see these guys get mm-hmm. hurt, not season ending. Yeah, it was great news for, for Mike Miles. It was a bad news for TCU on the day, unfortunately right. for them, uh, get, getting beat by Mississippi State, a, a team that – a game that I don't think a lot of people would have expected to go the way that it did. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the Kansas Kentucky game and, and for, for Bill self to avoid that four game losing streak, to take that punch from Kentucky. Now the Wildcats two of 13 from deep. You, when you only make two threes and you're playing a top 10 team in the country, you can't expect to win that many games. They obviously have some things that they're still needing to work on over there uh, in Lexington, but it was a, a really nice win for Bill self. And then I think kind of the, the Kansas Kentucky game was the headliner. There's no doubt about that. The two most winning, the two winningest teams in college basketball history facing each other in the middle of the season when they're not in the same conference, that's going to get a lot of eyeballs, as it should. But the two top ranked teams that played each other in this tournament was, or in this challenge was Tennessee <laughs> and Texas. Yes. Tennessee, number four ranked team in the country. Texas came in at number 10. Uh, and Tennessee kind of held steady the whole game. They jumped out to a big lead and they just held it down. They were up 12 at halftime, maintained in the second half of Texas kind of made a push and tried to get back into it. And we alluded to it earlier in the show, but when Tennessee scoring 82 points, if they're going to score 80 points a game, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of teams in the entire country that are going to beat them at all. Like they are. I'll, I'll really- go ahead and say there is no team because <laughs> that defense. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, is, uh, they, Texas scored 71 against them, and Texas is a good offensive team. They, they are good at scoring the basketball, and they still only managed 71. Not too bad, but again, Tennessee's not going to give up 70, 75 points very many times this year. So if they're scoring 80, look out. Uh, I think there's a really good chance for the Volunteers to end up uh, being a number one seed or a number two seed and the kind of team that a lot of people are going to automatically pencil into the Elite Eight Final Four, and, and for good reason. Honestly, they're owed a number one seed because they got jobbed on their yes. seeding last year, mm-hmm. and I'm still frustrated about that, clearly. But uh, listen, this version of Tennessee, pen, like, don't even pencil them in. Sharpie mm-hmm. them into the Final Four. Mm-hmm. But, Andy, it's the biggest if of this college basketball season to me mm-hmm. because the defense, I, I haven't seen a defense match it. What they're doing to hold th- teams down for shooting from three, mm-hmm. unmatched. Yep. I just, I just don't trust. They've done nothing to prove to me that I can trust them season long or particularly six games in a row in March and April. And so I, I just don't know about that. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Couple, starting the day, uh, Auburn at West Virginia. I, th- I thought Auburn was done. I was really impressed, honestly, with the comeback they had. Almost, almost winning there on the road, 80-77 to 77 the final. And then Baylor, I thought they had this game put away against Arkansas. But, man, Coach Muss and had the Muss bus going there down the stretch. And uh, they, they were able to finagle free throws in such a way that uh, they got a kick out to the corner for a wide-open three for a shot at overtime. And it just, just missed, and Baylor wins uh, at home before that game with Texas on Monday night. Well, we are talking about our new, or was called Quick Hitters. For those of you who have been listening to the show since November, we are now changing the name of our final segment on Monday episodes. It is called The Six Pack, and we are going to go over six different games that happened over the weekend. There were so many games, fantastic performances. Of course, we already talked about the SEC Big 12 Challenge and so many fantastic games that came out of that. But there was a lot more that happened over the weekend, starting with the Blue Devils of Duke, absolutely obliterating Georgia Tech in this contest. 86 to 43, doubled them up, doubled them up. That is a fantastic performance from them. Tech shot 
31% from the field, only five of 22 from deep in that contest. Duke out-rebounded Tech 43 to 22. Kyle Filipowski, 18.7 boards on six of nine shooting. Uh, the other good news for Duke, it was a really nice weekend for them. Not only got a big week, not a great team, obviously, but it's still nice to see Duke back in action and beating teams the way that they should be beating teams. Uh, the other good news for Duke is that Derek Whitehead's injury is not going to be season ending. The freshman, of course, suffered an injury last week that looked like it might uh, end his freshman year early, a disappointing freshman year for him. But now it sounds like he's going to get an opportunity to get back on the court and hopefully rebuild some of that draft value and help the Blue Devils getting into March. This is great news. We never want to see these young men hurt for any extended periods of time. I was honestly, Andy, I thought it was an Achilles. I'm so yep. glad that Me it's too. not. And yet Duke is seventh right now in the ACC. Second of our six pack is this. There are two completely unexpected teams in the ACC top three. Clemson on Saturday had yet another come from behind win when Florida State just olayed defense on the last play of the game and and one and Clemson escapes with another victory they keep flirting with fire but so far they have not been burned elsewhere Pitt holds on at home against number 20 Miami 71 to 68 the Panthers are third place in the ACC they were down Andy eight points with two minutes and five seconds left went on an 11-0 run to end the game and held on to third place in the conference. However, they got to go to Chapel Hill midweek this week. Should be an interesting one there. Well, the Cougars of Charleston saw their winning streak and 20-game winning streak that they had. They lost 85-81 to Hofstra, the pride, on Saturday. That ended the streak, the new longest streak in the country right now, Florida Atlantic University, another mid-major program, having a monstrously successful year. They beat Western Kentucky 70-63 to on Saturday to now hold the longest winning streak in the country. A Hofstra, fantastic performance from them. Shout out to the Pride. Aaron Estrada, former Oregon player who transferred out there. He's averaging 21 points per game, and he went 5 of 9 from deep for the Pride in this one. Charleston only made five threes as a team. That is not going to get it done for them. Hopefully they can restart a winning streak here. Uh, they're, they're still a very, very solid team, but uh, when you're a mid-major program like that, any loss is, is pretty devastating. And hopefully takes a little pressure off them and lets them just play mm-hmm. under the radar the rest of the way in the CAA schedule. Number four in our six-pack. We don't get to see this too often in college basketball, but we had two near triple doubles on Saturday. Both of them, interestingly, from guards. Earlier in the day, Tyler Kolek from Marquette, who, by the way, Marquette, man, they're a legit big (laughs) East team. We would say more about that in a second. But finishes with 24 points, 10 assists, and 9 rebounds, Andy. One rebound shy of wrapping up this triple-double for Shaka Smart's team. Would have loved to see that elsewhere in Kansas State's win. Uh, Marquise Noel, just a little diminutive guy, yet 13 points, nine rebounds, and eight assists. Fell just, obviously, there, two assists shy and one rebound shy of getting his own triple-double. I was cheering hard for both these dudes to get it because you love to see it, but just didn't quite get there maybe on another day. Well, in a result that I think, had you heard it at the beginning of the season, oh, Creighton is going to beat Xavier by almost 20 points, you'd have thought, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, it looked a lot more surprising when it happened on Saturday. Xavier, the 13th-ranked team in the country, uh, having an absolutely incredible season under Sean Miller. Creighton, meanwhile, really kind of took a tumble earlier in the year, had that big old losing streak while Ryan Kalkbrenner was hurt. He's been back 
They've been incredible. They went out and stomped all over the Musketeers since the day after their sixth straight loss. Isaac, back earlier in the season, they've been the second best team in the country. This is per Torvik's rankings. Second best team in the country since then. We knew Creighton was good. We knew that their their losing streak was maybe not necessarily an aberration, but probably didn't re- the record didn't reflect how good they were. But now we're seeing, hey, this is this is a legitimately really, really good team. And you look at the ESPN bracketology and some of the other brackets that we're seeing, and they're like seven seed, eight seed, nine seed. I wouldn't want to play them. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I think that they'll probably end up higher on the seed line when, when we actually get into March. But uh, right now we've got a three-way tie. At the top of the Big East, the Big East has been a remarkably competitive conference all year long. Xavier, Marquette, Providence are all nine and two, and Creighton is right behind them. This is a, a going to be a really, really fun race to see who ends up winning the Big East conference this year. I can't believe they have made this comeback. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun to watch it all unfold. Speaking though, uh, man, Andy, I was all aboard the UConn train. I had mm-hmm. them my number one team in the nation, and they have fallen off yeah. so far. In fact, I texted this to you earlier mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgetown got their first Big East win in mm-hmm. 30 tries earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Almost got another one on yeah. Sunday had a lead at St. John's and just let it slip through their fingers. Had they done so, it would have been their second win in 2023. Guess who else only has two wins in 2023? UConn. I had the tweet all dialed up. (laughs) Georgetown Hoyas have as many wins in 2023 as the UConn Huskies, but it was not to be, and I couldn't make fun of them. Anyway, moving on to our sixth and final drink. I've got some water here of our six pack. (laughs) Late Saturday night, many of you non-real fans were already in bed, but I was up watching it. St. Mary's having a great year, goes to BYU. BYU earlier this season almost had Gonzaga at home Mm -hmm. and just couldn't get it. And BYU's like, ah, but we're going to get St. Mary's, who's having a fantastic year. They They go ahead and then Aiden Mahaney just does it to him. The freshman Mm -hmm. turnaround, I mean, I... I (laughs) I saw this play unfold and I was like, mm-hmm. no, they're not going to get a good shot off. And they didn't, <laughs> but Mahaney did enough to get, mm-hmm. uh, get this shot to fall down. Uh, St. Mary's wins over BYU 57, 56. Uh, Mr. Coach Bennett just doing another great job defensively, but man for BYU now have these two backbreaking losses at home. Again, Gonzaga St. Mary's, Aiden Mahaney is shooting this freshman, Andy, 43.3% from deep, averaging 14.7 points per game. The Gales are on a 10-game winning streak. We talked about uh, a big game upcoming this coming weekend for Indiana and Purdue. Oh, boy, we got a WCC fun one coming up this Saturday. St. Mary's, Gonzaga. Do not miss it, folks. It's going to be a real zinger. Andy, what do you think about that game? Quick, early take on it. Oh, it's going to be a really, really fun one. I think if Gonzaga does what we've unfortunately seen them do a lot against Randy Bennett teams, which is kind of <laughs> allowed them to dictate the pace, St. Mary's is going to play a slow, and I mean slow. If you never watch St. Mary's, like it's if you like watching Virginia or Houston, you're going to love watching the Gales. But if if that's not your style of basketball, they could be a little grating to watch. But if Gonzaga lets them set the pace, uh, it's going to be a really, really long night for Mark Few and his team. I'll tell you that right now. If you haven't watched a WCC matchup yet this season, make sure you tune in on Saturday and they'll play again to wrap up the regular season. Friends, thank you so much for diving in with Andy, with me to kick off this week. 
listen, Andy, every Saturday in college basketball right now is electric and I just love it. And I always look forward to our chats. This is going to be another one of those weeks. You know what? We got the first one, the first rivalry game of this Saturday, hmm. North Carolina and Duke. Yes. The first game for the two of them in Hansbro Indoor Stadium since Carolina ended Coach K's regular season career. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a fun week, very seriously. So, friends, if you haven't already, we'd love it and would be honored if you would give the show a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Just another way to help get the delivery of the show out to people who don't know about it yet. Thank you for those of you who are already doing that. If you haven't, subscribe to the show, smash the like button, leave some comments on today's episode. And you know what? Make sure you come back tomorrow. Make sure you tell a friend because we love it when you come hang out with us to talk college basketball. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode. Until tomorrow, peace.